adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Rate This Way, a culture podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paulino Bologna Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We've got Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everybody. We've got the Jiju Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? We've got uh, MJ Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Is it I get commissioned for this? They should. They, yeah. yeah, you know what? There's nothing screams uh, Calcio <laughs> like Michael Jackson. Right? Nothing screams Syria highlight Syria. Like, yeah. The like same Michael highlight Jack- package. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Michael Jackson rock with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I just... I- would you rather that though, or the same DAZN or DAZN interview for six weeks in a row? At least the highlights change for just yeah. it's the same music. It's just exactly. that it's, yeah, I see what exactly. you mean. I'd rather have Saint Germain so flute, but you know. <laughs> well, I'd rather have Ron Burgundy. <laughs> he has flute. He has flute. He has flute. <laughs> oh goodness! Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, yeah, we've got. Uh, was it uh, was it a full week? I guess we had like enough happening this week, right? We had some Europa League. We uh, of course had um, Serie A on the weekend, uh, and then we're gonna have more. I guess Calcio with the Copa this week. So we've uh, okay. yeah yeah. So we're we're actually in like I guess a a very. Uh, it continues to be, I'll say, a very busy part of the of the season for a lot of these teams. Well, yeah, a lot of the teams. I'll, I'll, I think it's, a, uh, it's good enough to say that because there are still, I mean, some obviously are out of it. And we'll talk about those those teams that are out of it because there is one specific team that uh, I'm, I'm not sure where they go from here. And maybe we should talk about that. Um, as well, yeah. In, yeah, sure. yeah, in depth as, as, uh, as we get to it. But we have that. Uh, and then... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some news that's happening, obviously, in the, the world of Syria. Um, and then we'll also get to, um, yeah, I guess the breakdown of last week and, and the preview, obviously, for, for what's to come. Um, I think that's kind of it. There, is there anything else that I'm missing there? I guess Serie B minute, we'll talk a little bit of Serie B. Yeah, quick Serie B minute, because uh, I think there's only a couple of rounds left before uh, for the playoffs. Right. 
Right. Okay. So we'll do that too. Um, okay. Well, then why don't we start then with uh, the earlier of the, the Calchapitings from last week. So that was, of course, uh, on Thursday, we had Europa League. So we had uh, Atalanta in uh, facing Leipzig in their second second match. So it's the second leg there. The, the first one ended 1-1, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, the, week, the week prior, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think Leipzig dominated this game. I, 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 watched the, I watched this game from start to finish. And um, uh, Leipzig had a game plan. Uh, Atlanta, they allowed Atlanta possession. Uh, and then uh, for the first goal... It was a clean uh, counterattack. Uh, Michael, you have to remind me who scored. I think it was Nkunku, I think. Um, right? Uh, yeah, for, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Nkunku, bo- both goals, yeah. Bo- yeah, both goals, yeah. And uh, Atlanta didn't, didn't really create anything. I think their best chance came in like the first five minutes from a, a Zappa Costa shot uh, that was easily stopped. Um, I think uh, teams are starting to realize how how they can beat them. Uh, by right. by being patient and and hitting them on, on their counterattack, uh, they don't have the players anymore uh, to to play Gasparini style that demands uh, constant uh, possession of the ball and quick passing. I think they uh, there's a reason why those the two directors are leaving their their backroom staff. Uh, or their board of directors, or, or their technical director, excuse me, uh, and and I think uh, uh, a rebuild has to start from this point. I guess we'll, Michael, we'll get into that discussion now. I know we we, we discussed Atlanta maybe what a month ago, yeah, but, but I think it's a, a right time now because I think um, they also lost against against Verona, which will uh, loss we'll over, well. yeah. yeah. Well, might, and, as well, might as well do it now for sure. And and again, like it's uh, we spoke. I think as recently as last week, saying again, this was going to be literally. And you said that Gasparini or whoever said it was a crossroads of their season, right? Yeah. So it's it, and it turns out again, it it is an unfavorable result. So uh, really, it, it's just a a massive letdown of of a season for them because this is a team that you know many, and I'm sure all of us, if we revisit our our rankings from the beginning of the I year. I have them winning. Yeah, exactly. I think I did right? as well. And and there you go. And now they're looking like they're going to finish. I mean, they're in eighth, I want to say, uh, in Serie A. And, and obviously now they uh, they were out of champions. They're out of Europa. And and, and they're not going to be in either of those competitions next year. I mean, if something miraculous happens with the last run of games here, um, I guess there's a possibility of uh, of, you know, making up for that. But... Yeah, I would. Yeah, just to go back to Paulo's comments, I, I mean, I agree, and I think it's clear that you know certain key players are missing, which obviously affect their performance. But I would disagree that the players have the players missing have affected, you know, the way they're able to keep possession. Uh, and just to elaborate, so obviously Christian Romero, you know, I'm sure we we all thought it was a big loss when the transfer to Tottenham happened, but we're seeing it more and more that they are missing a high quality center back like him at the back. That's super aggressive, but also composed at the same time. Uh, Gosens, I know we, we haven't seen him a lot of inter. Uh, he's obviously, he obviously was a huge piece for Atalanta, but I don't think he was crucial in the way they kept possession. I think he was crucial with 
how quickly they could transition from attacking to defending. And obviously he contributed with goals and assists. And then the last piece, which he's still there, but he's been out quite a bit is Zapata, right? He's kind of that, that -hmm. focal point at the top that blends it all together. So I think when you combine the three of them uh, just all together, it's kind of taken Atalanta down a tier, um, if that makes sense with regards to the players on the field. Yeah, and then add to that, Ilicic, who uh, right. for personal yeah. reasons hasn't been there all season, uh, and and all the players that that we mentioned were starters last season, right? For, for Atlanta, so that's what five I think we counted mm-hmm. four important uh, pieces, important pieces that are no longer there and and affected uh, the quality of the squad. You know, uh, and we forgot to mention Golini. I know Musso is decent, but uh, oh, but actually, uh, I think you brought up uh, the goalkeeper because uh, Musso was utter, like he was <laughs> bad, like he was bad in that game. Like, like both goals were his fault. Like, uh, uh, you know, he he came for the first goal. He came out early and um, completely missed missed the ball, uh, which allowed Nkuku to uh, to hit it off the uh, hit it off the post. Uh, and, and into the net. The second goal, I don't know what he was doing. Like, completely took out. Um, I, I can't remember who the striker was, but completely took out the lipstick player, and uh, and caused the PK. So, and then it, uh, I know we'll get into the uh, to the Verona game, uh, but I just want to talk about now since we're we're discussing uh, Atalanta, essentially cost the first goal, or gave the. I think it was the first goal. No, second goal. Second goal for um, for Verona. He came out and uh, and and caused an own goal. So uh, it, it's not all. It, it not only the fact that they lost important players. The players that they brought in aren't aren't good enough to to make to weren't good enough to maintain that uh, that uh, that high level of quality that we expected to see from Atlanta this season. So. Now that you say that, and again, I, we heard you before mention uh, it's probably time for a rebuild here. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Like again, it's it's going to be obviously a tough off season for them. Um, I don't imagine they'll they'll hold on to a lot of the players they have, um, especially again considering just the, the the track record of of selling players for you know quite a, a large sum of money. I'm, I'm sure they can get some decent sums for these players. Um, but they can't they can't afford as well to sell everyone and then struggle next year either you know so what 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 does a rebuild look like is is Gasparini a part of that or is, or is his time looking like it's it's kind of running out well I, I remember Genoa there was a lot of talk about Gasparini being like a, like a Sir Alex Ferguson in the, in the sense that he can kind of control um, the players that he brings in, etc., and I think we're seeing that here. The fact that they got rid of technical directors mm-hmm. um, means that Gasparini is consolidating control on the types of players that he brings in. So he's uh, playing politics. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Politics. And, and the fact here is that they got a lot of players who are in their thirties now. So you have Darun. Mm-hmm. Hatibor, who has been struggling since he came back this season. Zapata, as well, has been struggling since he came back uh, from injury. Uh, Muriel is in his 30s as well. So it's not that uh, the only youth player, per se, that has been playing uh, 
mostly because of lack of depth, to be honest, because they never really replaced Romero properly, is, is Scalvini. That's the only youth player that, that they brought in. The only player that has been playing well from the signings that, that, they, that they did in the summer is Coop Miners. That's the only player that's been playing well. Other than that, they can replace the whole starting 11 if they really wanted to. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a really interesting position for them to be in because, you know, we've, we've all seen the rise of Atlanta over the last couple of years, and, and it's obviously I, – I, I don't know how many people could have predicted a season like this for them because, again, we were all riding high on them, right? So it's going to be – yeah, it's, it's going to be a transitional year. It has to be. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought they would maintain, you know, that, that level – Longer. Of, of, yeah, exactly. Of the Champions League, with the fact that the that when you look at it from the summer point of view, they did bring in players or players in positions that they needed to fill. Right? They brought in Lovato, who didn't pan out for obvious reasons because he probably didn't start. That's why um, they brought in a midfielder in Miners, who has been has been the only one that's been playing well. The problem is that, that they didn't bring in a striker, and that and, and that failed them. Yeah, I think that's what cost him the season. I'd also I also wager that um, the players they have again playing more football than they were probably used to playing. Um, I imagine probably impacted this as well, right? Like you obviously had a core of players um, that are now again competing on three fronts. So mm-hmm. how does that contribute to you know longevity? I, I think I would imagine that again. Eventually, those tires, or those those legs, start to get tired, right? And, and things start to really, you really start to see where the quality um, over time really shines, right? And and again, I feel like maybe just the players happen to be not up to the standards, or or it's the it's the regimen of of what this the football they're playing is, you know, like those that attacking always on the front foot um, style might might have actually been their, their downfall at the end because, again, they've, they've burnt themselves out over the last three seasons. Um, Chris, when did Castagna leave to go to Leicester? Oof. I want to say this is his second season not there. Okay. Because he, he wasn't there last year. I remember watching him play for Leicester, right? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's his second season not there. Yeah, I don't think they really properly replaced him as well. I know they brought in Zappa Costa, but, you know, I mean, was... Oh, that's another one. Hot, hot bowler has been injured, or he, he's yeah, missed a decent it, chunk of this year as well, right? So... Yeah, and, and and he has been playing well since he came back. It's, it's, yeah. It feels like he was rushed back because they were desperately running low on players. Uh, but uh, but I think uh, Gasparini said after after the game against Verona uh, that the the size of the, of the rebuild will depend on the rest of the season. So if they mm-hmm. slide finish 10th let's say mm-hmm. uh then I, I think you'll see a, a much larger rebuild than what we're thinking of yeah larger scale and, for sure yeah and and they have the money for it too right they're, they're the only whether well, one of the only teams that are that have a positive um revenue yeah. right yeah i mean they're set up obviously to make wholesale changes um in the event that they need to, but again, you would imagine the size of the club and, and again, probably only for the last X amount of years, I don't think you build up those coffers enough to really sustain um, 
a very lengthy rebuild. So again, you maybe unless you're looking at you know players that you're finding um, diamonds in the rough that you're not paying a lot of money for young players. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, but that's yeah, that's their MO though. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah, or or the fact that they bring because they also have a good youth squad. Right. Uh, the, the, the perhaps they have to start promoting players from their youth teams. Um, very yeah, interesting happenings. Yeah. If, yeah, absolutely. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where that, where that leads. And again, they're not the only teams that, uh, that really struggled in Europa league. Uh, we saw Barca also, um, flunk out of, uh, out of Europa league this last week. So, it, you know, it's, it's a shame, but, uh, again, there's, there's obviously, I mean, it's not just, uh, these teams need to be taken seriously as well, right? Like, I think we were saying, you know, if everything was equal, we probably had Atlanta over Leipzig, and, and then they, they go out and they, they kind of dominate for, you know, at, at Bergamo. So mm-hmm. it's, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's an well, interesting, interesting, again, turn of events, and, and again, credit to Leipzig because they, they earned it. So, uh, Julian, I sent you that stat. I think it was, what was it? It was the first time that, Lost six, six games. Oh, at home, you mean? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they have one of the worst home records in the league, which is really strange. Like yeah, I think, well, yeah, they've only won like six games at home all year, or something like that. Well, and and, and this it's strange because it's the same thing with Napoli too. Remember, I was talking with a with a friend friend of mine from from Naples. And he was saying that that Napoli have been performing like poorly at home as well. So it's 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 this season. What happened is feels like it's kind of um, debunking the myths that have been created in the past two seasons. It's all come undone. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Let's uh, let's move on. We'll say uh, goodbye to uh, Europa League for uh, for this year because no more Italian teams are in it. We'll maybe we'll we'll get to a point where we just mention who won. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to close that tab in my mm-hmm. in, in in the browser of this podcast. Um, so goodbye Europa League. But actually, we still have to talk about the, the greatest competition. The, that's right, which <laughs> is the Europa Conference League. Um, so yeah, what this was, uh, Roma obviously, um, taking on Bodo Glimt in their second leg at the Olympico. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, it was all Roma. I think it's, um, I think, was it, uh, I got to help who scored the first goal. I know it was a new scored a hat trick. Um, yeah, the first one was, was Tammy. Yeah, it was Tammy. That's right. Yeah. I was, uh, across into the box and he kind of was on the back post and, uh, kind of scramble and then kind of taps it in. Uh, that, that was a great start. That, that was in the first, what, like... Uh, five minutes. Five yeah. minutes, exactly. And then after that, it was the Zaniolo show where he scored a hat-trick. Uh, it was, I think the, the pick of the of the goals that he scored was the one-touch passing play from midfield. I think it was um, uh, between Pellegrini, uh, Mkhitaryan, and then uh, I think Mkhitaryan was the one that played him through. And then... The Michael, your doink there, uh, doink. Doink. Uh, Zaniolo doinked it over the keeper. I think that for me that was the best, uh, best goal. Bravo. Another nice one was uh, was Zaniolo. I think it was in the second half, first ten minutes in the second half. Uh, Zaniolo was going to uh, play through with a chip through ball and kind of just rifled it to the uh, to the top corner of the far post. So that um, that was also another nice goal. But uh, 
uh, and then he was taken off after that. Uh, scored the hat trick. Game was done. It was four nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Roma, you know, move on to the to the semifinals. Uh, what first first semifinals of a competition since uh, since, since the cha- Champions League for them, after, yeah, yeah, uh, after they absolutely. Beat, uh, Barcelona, I think it was. Yeah, and they, so, uh, yeah, I think they lost to Ajax, didn't they? At, at the no, that was Juve. That was Juve, and well, <laughs> <laughs> no, Roma lost to. No, because Ajax didn't go to the finals if they went to the semis. They would have lost to like Real Madrid or something, or or, or like or or Tottenham. Okay, so Tottenham. Mean, yeah, yeah, it was in the semifinal. Yeah, was, was it Tottenham? Tottenham? Yeah, it was because that's the game. That's the where Tottenham came back. Uh, there was that stoppage time winner, I think, something like that. I'm talking I'll Champions League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ninety five percent sure. Okay, there you go. Um, so yeah, they, they they played Leicester in in the uh, in the in the semifinals. I think uh, most likely we all knew that it was going to come that you know Roma would have to play one of the teams that dropped down from the Europa League, and uh, the draw had it that uh, they would play Leicester. And I think if they get through if they get through Leicester, they would have to play the I think it's the winner of Feyenoord versus uh, help me out here. Don't bother me. Sorry, what's happening? The the, the other semifinal. I think it's Feyenoord. No. Oh, yeah. uh, Marseille. Oh yeah, Feyenoord Marseille. Which is again uh, that final. Whoever comes through uh, from from that side of the bracket, uh, that's a pretty decent final, uh, in my opinion. That's why I, 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 I we joke about it, about calling it you know the, one of the, uh, the greatest competition on earth, and and it shows. I mean, it's not it's not every day that you see. Um, you know, uh, bigger clubs like Roma fighting it out against smaller clubs, uh, for example, like Bodo Glimp and having uh, playing them four times and having uh, 18 goals scored in those four games. Mm. You know, but uh, but but credit to, to Mourinho. Uh, you know, he won. Uh, he said after that game that uh, Roma won the game that mattered the most, and uh, they booked their ticket to to the semifinals. Uh, uh, you know, I I hope they I hope they go on to to win the tournament and 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 actually uh, show that Syria is not just the Farmers League. Yeah, uh, and, and or maybe maybe <laughs> they they win they win the Farmers League European tournament. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. The the yeah. the yeah the Europe the the European tournament of for farmers farm. for farmers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yes. okay. <laughs> it, it's just a, a quick side note before we move on to our next discussion point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they should have never gotten rid of the smaller competitions if they were they were just going to bring back uh, uh, an intertoto or uh, the the cup winners cup uh, version of this. I mean, it doesn't didn't make any sense why they got rid of it then, and uh, yeah. I think the the conference league just proves that. They were they desperately needed a third tier for for Europe, maybe. Um, so just some uh, housekeeping here. So it wasn't Tottenham; it was Liverpool, and that. Oh, okay. And again, that team went on to face Real Madrid, and Real Madrid won. Um, but but the year, sorry, the year Tottenham went to the Champions League final, they did beat Ajax in the semifinal. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Was that year? Yeah. 
but in Liverpool. in this year, yeah, it was Liverpool, right? Um, and they won seven six on aggregate after Roma came back. I think it was yeah, it was five two in the first leg, and then Roma won four two. But again, it ends six seven because Roma went on and scored three goals in the second half to make it tight. But then they couldn't do anything after that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's it for uh, the Europe talk. So, again, at least that lives on. We have the greatest competition on earth uh, to look forward to. And that uh, when does that start up again? In uh, the end of the month, next week? I think so. I think yeah, it's the, 20, the 28th. So yep. that's not this week. It's next week. Next yeah. Thursday. Yep. Next Thursday. And then um, May 5th is the return um, in Rome. So, yeah, again, at least we have uh, some more midweek culture to watch um, in, the, uh, in the upcoming uh, days. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the storylines about Mourinho going back to England, et cetera, et cetera. And I guarantee he's going to park the bus against Leicester. So it'd be hilarious to watch English fans lose their shit. <laughs> it is, regardless, always fun to watch English fans lose that, their shit. That is true. That is why the Euros were, were so enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. That is that. Let's uh, close again for now that chapter of, uh, of the podcast. And uh, let's, again, there, there's some news that we want to just discuss quickly before we take a break. Um, so what do you want to start with, Paulo? I guess we had a couple of topics we wanted to touch upon. Uh, well, the one that comes to mind for me is um, Mil- uh, Milan negotiating a sa- or sorry, Elliott Management Group uh, negotiating the sale of uh, Milan to I think it's called Invest Corp, which is a uh, Bahrain asset management group. Uh, so th- I know Chris, uh, I know we talked about it earlier. I think it could have been last season about how um, it, it it was a good move on Elliot's part to keep the club, to restructure it, to 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 make it competitive again in terms of um, on the field uh, product, and also to to make it uh, a global brand uh, after the Berlusconi years, uh, they bought it for well, they inherited for two hundred million, let's say mm-hmm. uh, two hundred million euros or something like that, and now the, the club has a worth of like one point one billion dollars. Well, that's what they're that's what they're asking. Valued at, yeah. Valued at, yeah. So you're looking at uh, a profit of $800 million. I mean, it, honestly... It's just good would, business. Yeah, it is good business, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, uh, wow, they're, they're just starting that um, growth, you know what I mean, that cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of what I think about the club, uh, I mean, they're, they're playing... Their stats show that they're, you know, they're, they're what, first right now? Second? Second. First, right? Uh, first right now. Technically first. Yeah. Technically first, yeah. I want to make it clear, uh, clarify that. Technically <laughs> first. And, and they have plans to, to build a stadium. Uh, they're ne- mo- most likely next season they're going to be in the Champions League, uh, which means more revenue. So it, it's kind of strange that they would decide to sell before the fact that they realize the full potential of the club. Uh, that, that's my starting point. Yeah, I mean... Who knows what their goal was at the beginning of this? I'm sure they had a, a target in mind to say, we want to make X millions of dollars off the club. So, you know, if that goal has been met, then 
Uh, I'm sure, you know, maybe they could hold on a bit longer and realize a bit more money. But uh, again, I think it just depends what their, you know, five and 10 year plans were. So if that five year plan has gone according to plan, then I, I don't see why not. Um, I'll just say, I mean, obviously, you know, anytime you hear you're getting new owners with deeper pockets, it's, it's nice, but you know, this has happened before when we had, um, the Chinese uh, ownership group and, you know, we spent money uh, like idiots and, you know, I think of the seven players that were bought in that one summer, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez was the one who lasted the longest or maybe Chalanoglu technically, but uh, anyways, money was not well spent in that case. So um, while it's nice to say there, there will be more money. Uh, I'm more so curious to hear you know, about how they plan to spend that money. So uh, not, not super excited yet. It's good news for sure, but, um, not over the moon by any means. Okay, so I, I was reading up on that, and uh, the reports are saying that uh, the the new investment group would keep uh, Masara and Maldini on, would extend their contracts, and to kind of be that that technical the technical directors mm-hmm. for the club. Yeah, I mean that that should be the the bare at the bare minimum they should be keeping them on board. So that that's yeah. definitely a good start. But like I said. Uh, they can come out and say, you know, there's 300 million to spend, but you know, how is that money going to be spent? Um, which those questions might not be answered right away. But I think before any, you know, Milan supporter gets too excited about it, uh, you know, you want to hear what the plan is uh, with regards to how that money is going to be spent. So the 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 thing that kind of laugh in the sense that the new rules, I think Julie, you can help me out here. Uh, the new rules for FFP pretty much state that a club can only spend that season to what they to the equivalent of the revenue they take in, correct? Uh, that sounds familiar. I don't have it in front of me, but it does it's, sound familiar. It's something about seventy percent. So you can only spend seventy percent. I think it's of your club's total revenue on transfers and wages. Okay, so that that's where I don't understand the, the three hundred million euro transfer kitty that that they're planning to bring in i mean that doesn't make any sense when it, I, don't, so, I don't have obviously yeah go ahead the ffp rules i don't think they go into effect until Jeez. i want to say 2023 24 it's not this coming summer next summer i think so yeah next summer okay well <laughs> even, even still like the, the Plan to bring 300 million. I, I've seen some of the players that they're linked with Botman, etc. But if they can pull it off, then I think they can solidify the best team in Italy by a mile, uh, which puts Juventus and Inter in a very precarious situation of being shut out for the next you know few years. Yeah, I, I would just be hesitant about spending if it is three hundred million. We'll just use that arbitrary number for now. I would be hesitant about spending all of that in one window for the same reasons they shouldn't have done it, uh, you know, five or six years ago. Uh, you know, if you get it wrong, then mm-hmm. uh, you've got all of that money. Uh, you know, you, like you you sunk yeah you sunk all of your um, your chips into that one bet. So um, I know it's easier for for me sitting here at, at home here at my desk, but. I think you, you want to try and allocate that money over two different summer transfer windows if you can, just to make sure that you do get it right. And um, let me tell you, possible. and let me tell you, I think that's, that's, that's probably the play because we're hearing this advice coming from uh, 
Mr. Chris Baselli, who is a two-time <laughs> poker champion <laughs> in our friends' poker tournament. So again, that makes a lot of sense, Chris. And I, I gotta go with your gut feeling because that's that's the winning feeling. <laughs> uh, poker champion is a requirement for a managing director <laughs> at the highest level. So no, but again, just yeah. just to um, just to jump off that again, it's it's the strategy of that is I think right right like you're absolutely what if you know what if you make all of this this big splash of money um and it's all for naught right like there there's you know this player is a bust and you know all these things can go wrong can't do go wrong and then where are you so if you spread that over and you have the time to spread that over you know a couple seasons and and you actually end up lengthening your window in the end as well by doing that then you know, your your setup. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, okay. Let, let let's look at it objectively. Okay, so I think they're bringing in Adley in the summer. That's already done, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's he's coming back from loan, uh, uh, which is hilarious because Bordeaux is going to get relegated, most yeah. likely. Um. So uh, Adley's coming back, and that kind of replaces, in theory, replaces Kessie, who's leaving in the summer, in theory. Uh, the only question marks, yeah, you can probably get another center midfielder uh, uh, to, in order to cover playing in three competitions. Uh, you'll, they definitely need a new center back because Romagnoli is leaving and Kyer is getting up there in age. Uh, Botman. Yeah, we, which, is, which would probably Botman. Uh, and then you need a striker. Yep. You definitely need a centerpiece striker. So... Uh, can possibly spend three hundred million on those three positions. It's possible. I, I, but, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. No, but but as you said, Chris, it's probably not the right move in the sense that sure you can they probably leave let's say a hundred million for for the January transfer market. Yeah, I mean, uh, Botman, I think will be thirty million euros. Um, I think, but Adley wasn't expensive. I think if Maldini does what. He should do. He keeps Pobega. Pobega has shown himself well at Spezia. He's shown himself well at Torino. I think at the very least, he deserves to deserves, excuse me, to be that rotating midfield player. Obviously, not a starter, but spelling Tonali, Benacer, Adli, those guys. Uh, and then I think if you have to, you know, again, open up your wallet a bit more, you do it for that striker position, just because uh, that is the position where they need the most help. So that's kind of how I would go about it. Um, and like I said before, just not spending all of it in one window. Listen, uh, because we're we have we like to promote Canadian content here. Can't con, John. Can't con. I think Jonathan David would be perfect for that for that uh, striker position. Um, I think the way that Milan play, and they, you know, he would be a great complement to uh, late. Uh, well, excuse me, T. Henri on the wing. <laughs> Wasn't there? Did we hear that someone in Canada was interested in buying? Some something else, uh, or was it Inter? I don't remember. I thought, sure. I, heard, I thought I remember. No, it was, it was Bologna, but no, it was Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea. I think it was Chelsea. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, uh, MLSE, Toronto. wasn't it? Yeah, MLSE. Yeah, not right. MLSE, but but the, guy the who... right, right. Uh, ten, Tannenbaum. Very Tannenbaum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So maybe David goes there. Perhaps I think about Kabu it. I, I, to Milan. And who? Huh? <laughs> Lukaku, Lukaku to Milan. 
Listen, he's not leaving. I don't think he's going to leave Chelsea unless the unless the fans uh, chase him out. Which they might. Mm -hmm. Well, they might. But like like you said, he spent 115 million on him. (laughs) What are you going to send? You're going to sell him after one bad season? Yes. Doesn't make any. I mean, I know in England they love to spend money, but especially when when your your owner is being sanctioned by the British government. Yes, and 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 your team's <laughs> on the verge of being sell, uh, sold. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it's dumb. I think that's foolish. But it, it it definitely need, definitely needs to change his attitude. That's for sure. But like, do, maybe by changing his atti- attitude, you you send him back on loan to Inter. But does he really fit in? Would he fit in Inzaghi's team? I don't. It's the same I team don't think though. So either. It's not the no, same team. But it's, it's the same. Different, it's a different style of play. Mm. That's because my biggest ha- fear. He comes back. He's because on huge but, wages, and he just but flops. because it's a different uh, style of play because they didn't have Lukaku anymore. So if you put Lukaku in there, same formation, you you adjust and you make him yeah. the the center no, point. But he's again. not as he's not as mobile as Deco, and that's why Deco fits uh, mm. so well in, in into into Inter's formation. And he's become indispensable at the age of 37. Indispensable. Whatever, whatever. You hear that, Julian? <laughs> indispensable, yeah. Okay. We've exhausted this talk. We're talking about other things now. So let's just uh, – let's let's move on. I don't, do we have anything else to talk about before we take a break? Uh, no. Oh, I do want to mention oh. uh, uh, Ancelotti said he's going to be supporting Canada. So more, yeah. More Canada. Yeah, that's right. More yeah. And you said because uh, his wife is Canadian? His, his wife is Canadian, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and he, I think he lives in Vancouver during the summer. Brav. Brav. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Smart man. Yeah, very smart. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> you work on the that. Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Paulo, you during work on that. Champions Dur- during Champions League. At halftime of the Champions League. <laughs> Say, prove it. If you want to cheer for Canada, come on this podcast. uh okay then if that is it uh why don't we take that break we'll take a quick break and then when we come back we'll obviously get through um the important match day that just happened in syria and uh and then we'll wrap it up with uh some some copa talk and uh say to be talk so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back Italia, <laughs> north of uh, uh, Torino. <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering why you chose that song. Yeah, it didn't take long. Uh, it took about thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, welcome back. All to the I show. had in my head was uh, "Señor Bird." <laughs> <laughs> At the Copa, Copa Italia. Uh, okay, welcome back to the show, guys. Sorry. Uh, that's actually going to be later. <laughs> we're going to do a studio ad review. 
and then we're going to do Copa, um, Copa Italia preview. But uh, yeah, I couldn't resist. Let's start with the first. So the first matches of this past game week were on Friday. And uh, that was actually um, both Milan clubs playing, which is important because, again, they're, uh, they're probably the, it's the two-headed race at this point. But uh, it started off with Spezia hosting Inter. So what happened? So, Spezia actually almost opened the scoring very, very early on. Um, I forget who played the pass, but they tried to play it through for Giazzi. Paris said should have intercepted it, but it knocked under his foot. And Danovic, for once in a long time, was actually quick off his line to make sure Jazzy wasn't in all alone. Um, and then I honestly felt Inter kind of dominated the play from that point on. They were kind of pressing, creating a lot of chances, but nothing really final um, until we had a very unorthodox given goal from Brozovic to D'Ambrosio back to Brozovic, who smacked it into the top corner with his left foot on a half volley. Um, and it's actually our goal of the week. Yeah, so here we go. Here's the audio. Spezia content to sit deep, try and get two banks of four behind the ball. Brozovic teasing it in. D'Ambrosio, and here's Brozovic! Stunning finish. It essentially became a one-two, but he put that away as if it were a sitter. It was anything but. And on the half-hour mark, Inter have the breakthrough. Left-footed smash. Yeah, it was a nice shot. It's the first goal of the season. Um, and just sidebar, with that, Inter now have 17 different goal scorers on the year. Um, and their record is 18, which was 2019-2020. And then I think back in the early 90s as well. Interesting. So we'll see if they can. I went through to see who can still score to tie slash beat it. Um, so and Danovich. Yes. Well, it's him. <laughs> there's Debray, there's Gosens, and Caicedo if he ever gets any minutes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Inter takes a 1 0 lead into the second half. Um, Correa and Jekyll, who started the game, were starting to be a little ineffective. So Inzaghi swapped them out around the 60th minute for Lautaro and Sanchez. Um, and shortly thereafter, Perisic skips the ball out wide, kind of cuts in, tries to swing it in towards the back post. Lautaro gets a little deflection on it to knock it just inside the far post to make it 2-0. Um, however, being Inter, they always kind of... the path to Inter, right? Uh, Majority scores a very nice shot as well, uh, just outside the 18. Kind of seeing a nice shot into the opposite corner to make it 2-1 around the 88th minute. Um, but Inter were able to Locked the game up, uh, kind of last kick of the game. Ball gets sent through, Sanchez gets dragged down, um, but Lotaro smartly runs on to the loose ball. The ref plays advantage. Sanchez also gets up quick, and it's a two-on-one for Sanchez to put away to make a three-to-one final. There you have it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so the moral of the story is that someone can beat that guy. <laughs> I was going to make that comment, Paulo, but yes, it works. <laughs> Precisely. He can be beat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, of oh, course, uh, a reference to Tego Mokta. about the uh, episode where Enzola Enzola came on oh, yeah. and oh. couldn't, couldn't get the earring off. And it had to get subbed off. 
and and was subbed off because he couldn't get the urine off. So strange. Yeah. Um, so I saw on that. Twitter. Yeah. I don't know how true it is because he had it taped, but apparently the rules are you can no longer have it retaped. That's been a rule for a while. That, that, that's not new. Okay, because I saw him when he came on, he had tape over his ear, and like yeah. I didn't really think anything of it because I knew that used to be the rules, and then, yeah, he had to go off. Like, I want to say at least five years, and I'm being generous. So, well, what happened then? Why Why is this a thing? The jewelry? Like, why did he fuck up so hard? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I so... mean, technically, <laughs> the fourth official should be getting in shit. Ah. Because he shouldn't have, I mean, yeah, he shouldn't have let him on the pitch. He just um, looked at his cleats. He said, okay, those are all yeah. good. So, yeah, hmm. I, I guess technically the fourth official has to explain what he saw or didn't see. Fourth then, official, cagat <laughs> Uh And then, so, yeah, uh, but to, for Enzola, like, like I said, for at least five years, you haven't been allowed to tape your jewelry up. It has to come off. So I don't know why all of a sudden he thought he could get away with it. So there's also more of a backstory too. Um, in, in Zola, in Zola is having problems with uh, with Tiago Mota all season as well, and uh, so yeah, I mean, probably didn't expect to even come on the field this game most likely, and <laughs> that, that's probably what happened. To be honest with you, he made him look like a fool. Well, that's what I, yeah, that's what happened. The, the whole episode was just uh, stupid. Yeah, they actually both come out looking foolish. Yeah, that should not happen at this level, you know. I mean, that's future PSG manager Tego Mata you're talking about. He said he's happy at Spezia. Yeah, yeah. Man, who would want that job in the first place? PSG. I'm already getting a lot of money, but like to deal with that locker room, I don't know if it's even a good idea. Mm. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah. Like I understand, you know, the money and all that, and, and you're playing in Champions League, but like, just look at the the characters that you have to deal with. Okay. And 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 how you have to deal with uh, Donnarumma that's like playing horrendously bad. Simplice, uh, simplice. Delicate yeah. schiaff, Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that doesn't happen in, in society. In today's society anymore, eh, Marco. <laughs> just, just, just gotta let you know there. No schiaff. No, no, no more scaffs. What about Sardell? What the hell is that? <laughs> you forgot about Sardell. No, what I about that? Uh... <laughs> what I, now you just make it up words. No, that's <laughs> the thing. Go ask your Abruzzi's friends. <laughs> We're getting off topic here, but um, Zambat. <laughs> <laughs> now you're for sure making up words. <laughs> Uh, crazy. Anyways, uh, let's move on here Shit. from uh, from Zambata. Let's go to uh, AC Milan hosting Genoa, uh, and this game ends two nothing. Actually, Milan uh, win um, handedly, I guess. Uh, Leao scores eleven minutes in, and uh, Messias scores in the eighty seventh minute for the second goal there. So, Chris, any big notes? No, not really. I would just say that in, in between the two Milan goals, there was not much happening. It wasn't an exciting game by any means. But, um, yeah, I mean, that first goal from Milan obviously forced Genoa to open up a bit more. But, yeah, it, like I said, in between the two goals, it was it was fairly boring. But obviously an important three points. 
Yeah. Uh, well, again, considering Inter also got three points. Um, and one note I want to mention is uh, Mike Mannion has uh, some sort of uh, is on the verge of uh, uh, tying or, or surpassing history. Is that um, true? Paulo? I don't recall. Anybody? No, uh, what, no, what was the stat? I saw something Buffon holds. I don't know what. Though. Yeah, I think it was the clean sheets. Clean like sheet the, record? In, yeah, in a row. I, I believe that's what it, what it is. Oh, interesting. Um, I think next game would uh, he would surpass that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't they play Lazio next game? <laughs> I think they play Lazio. <laughs> I think uh, so, yes. Yeah. You mean they play the team with the Capo Cananiere, Chiro Immobile? Yeah. Ciro Immobile. Ciro Immobile. <laughs> and you know what? He is typically um, a, uh, a, a a minnow merchant, we'll say. So, hey. <laughs> we we could see something happen here. Which yeah. means Marusic is going to score. <laughs> Murishi? Him too. We'll come back for this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's move on to Saturday's games. Um, so we had the first uh, first game was Cagliari host to Sassuolo. Um, and uh, yeah, Cagliari actually get the win here. So Diola scores the 42nd minute um, for the for the only goal of the game. And, and uh, it's an important three points for Cagliari. So let's, beyond this, result I guess just look at what it means I guess for the whole bottom half of the table or bottom of the table here so Cagliari's three points put them at 28 points Um, and that is so far clear by seven points uh, for 18th position 18 and 19 technically are are tied there so where does that leave us what are we what are we thinking well uh, I think we're 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 talking before we um came on that uh, next week there's Genoa Cagliari and and Julian was saying that if there's no if Genoa does not win that game then probably say that the relegation race is over and those three teams Genoa Venezia Salernitana are all going to get relegated right and and we're we're confident that I guess again how many games are remaining at this point would be Uh, five five yeah yeah. So six for Venezia. Right. So again, the max amount of points there. Um I mean 15. it's still yeah, it's I mean it's possible. It's but... possible still, but again, not likely considering again the, the the I guess probably I imagine the schedule isn't gonna be against, you know, Sampdoria necessarily who are on sixteenth, right? It might be against uh you know the upper half of the table. So Yeah. Um I mean it was a uh, since we're since we're on the relegation race, I know Michael, you'll you'll get to this box score, but uh, Salernitana beat uh, Sampdoria two one, and uh, <laughs> and and that actually brings Sampdoria only one point above Cagliari. So uh, I, and also Sampdoria has been on a poor, very very poor run of form, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they actually if Cagliari actually finishes above them if they beat Genoa. Yeah. Next well, I mean that would that would vault them to thirty-one points, right? And, and effectively, if if Samp don't win, that that would that would place them there, right? So, I mean, they'll probably still survive. But uh, I saw I saw a, 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 a good tweet with talking about how Ranieri 
when Ranier was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ranier to favorite Ranieri. Yeah, yes. Sampdoria. God, I, I wish that would happen. Anyway, <laughs> um, he had a worse squad and still managed to finish above mid-table. Yeah. So I, I think the the over the decision, well, by a now a arrested criminal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, dude. Uh, Animal from be, the Muppets. <laughs> Animal in real life. Well, snake in real life. Animale. Yeah, they call him Erviperator in Rome uh, for a reason. Mm. Uh, not to resign him, uh, that is Ranieri, uh, has you know destroyed the club for the net for uh, two years after. And they haven't recovered from that decision. Yeah. That's, of course, uh, we're speaking about Massimo Ferrero, uh, yes. former president. Who was a tax, no. Current uh, criminal. Current criminal. <laughs> like, no, what was it? He was um, fraud. Bank fraud. Fraud. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Doki. Uh, well, yeah, again, it's. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this, obviously, next week when we see the results of uh, Cagliari in Genoa. But, yeah, it's uh, Salernitana winning. Um, I think, like you said, blew up that spot for Sampdoria's safety, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really opened the doors for um, for something, something unfortunate to happen to them. But we'll see, what it, we'll see where that goes. I mean, just one last point before we move on. I mean, would we, it would not be surprising for a team led by Jim Powell to have such of an implosion. True. Okay, let's move on to the next box score, which is Sampdoria Salernitana. And again, that ends, <laughs> <laughs> that ends 2-1 in favor of Salernitana, um, who were away uh, to Sampdoria. So uh, Fazio scores four minutes in, Ederson scores six minutes in, and then Caputo scores in the 32nd minute, and that's it. That's the game. Fazio scored? Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Off the corner. Yeah. Did you hear, sorry, just quickly touching on that, did you hear Ederson, who scored Salernitana's second goal, PSG apparently are interested in him. So that's only because they thought he was at Spezia where Tagelmont <laughs> is. I, I don't know. I looked him up. Salerni Tana just bought him in January for like $6 million, And apparently PSG won him for like 25 Jeez. Unreal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I pretty much like funds their whole season if they do sell him for, uh, in Serie <laughs> Season well spent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to Udinese, who were host to Empoli. Um, Udinese were victorious, uh, four to one. An own goal, eight, six minutes in, I guess, uh, by Ismaili, uh, and then De La Fu scores in the fifty-second minute. A PK from Pinamonti brings it to two-one uh, before Pusetto and uh, Samardzic score seventy-ninth and eighty-seventh minute to complete the scoring in that game. Next up, we had Fiorentina host to Venezia. Uh, and uh, Fiorentina, again, come away with the victory here. one nothing. Torreira scores in 30th. Um, so, again, Fiorentina continue their strong um, run of form here. So they, uh, they're up to 56 points. So, again, they're, still, they're clearly competing for Europe. Uh, the mandate is, is, uh, is there. So they're, they're fighting. And, uh, honestly, they're getting results. So, so great for them. 
Um, next up, we had uh, Juventus host to Bologna, Paulo. Uh, okay, well, what can I say? It was... <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know where, where to start here. Okay, Bologna scored their goal. Uh, help me, remind me who scored. Cause Arnautovic. Was, so Arnautovic. Arnautovic, maybe? Or no, he got the red <laughs> later on. Never mind. Yeah. So Arnautovic. Was, yeah. Yeah, Arnautovic scored. It was because uh, playing with two midfielders. Remember, Michael, I was saying Juventus cannot play with two center, uh, center midfielders. Exactly what happened here. Uh, I knew right away that it was going to be a, a disaster of a game when I saw the fact that Danilo and Rabio were starting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on the goal, it was it was Matovic on Danilo or broke free from Danilo. On the replay, you see Rabio kind of like doing a light jog to catch up to Arnautovic in the position that he's supposed to be in. And then uh Left one on one with Arnautovic and and you know took that opportunity to uh, you know to, to score took that that time and place to score from was it from outside of the box if I remember correctly yeah just just outside and people were on Twitter were, were blaming Delict I'm like why like how can you blame Delict when he was caught one on one on the fact that he, that Rabio was out of position don't understand, like, again, Juventus Twitter is probably, like, one step below from, you know, MT. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's no, no shock there. But, like, the fact that they're blaming the Lakers, that they're trying to find a scapegoat, and the fact that there was a, a giant hole in midfield because some lazy Frenchman who didn't want to cover his position. That's me ranting. <laughs> moving on, moving on to the main controversy of the game. Was uh, Sumaro took out? I think it was Morata, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, on the edge of the area. At first, it was a it was called a PK. Uh, it went to VAR. VAR ruled it outside the box. So because it was outside the box, they gave Sumaro a red card. When you look at the replay, it was outside the box. It was a clear foul. Therefore, by the by the letter of the, uh, of the rule, it's a red card. That's that's in, that's not disputable. Cross uh, Bologna, the bell, mouthing off to the ref. Okay, so you already picked up a yellow. Professional, you know you're not going to change the ref's mind. So you already see that your center back sent off. You're already down to ten men. What's the purpose of, of the ref to go fuck himself again to pick up a second yellow card? It's because he still has that um, <coughs> inter mentality, <laughs> that loser mentality. <laughs> did, did we lose Julian? Because yeah, of- <laughs> yeah, we lost. He didn't want to be here for that. <laughs> Julian, you couldn't take oh. it. Yeah, no, I had to leave. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, no, I will say, I honestly, I hated Gary Mitchell when he was on Inter. <laughs> I thought he was a great fan, and I know somehow he puts in very good performances for Bologna at center back, even though he's like five foot six. Um, Two. But yeah, no, that was a very dumb move by him. I don't know. I actually like. I agree with Paulo. It was a clear foul. 
contact outside the box. So then, yeah, it's the last man foul, red card is the right call. And yeah, he lost his head, which he's known to do. So, And, and because of that, he left, um, you know, under man for the rest of the game. I think it was like, was it uh, 20 minutes or so? Yeah, because it was a long, um, because of that, I guess it was an extended. Yeah, yeah there was eight minutes time. of out of time. And so, because of that, there was no one on the back post from a corner. Uh, somehow, for an assist for Vlaovic, who kind of uh, was at the back post and kind of headed it, headed it into the tide at 1-1. And uh, let's see, if there was an extra man, there would have been a man on that back post. So it was not the Sumaro red card, which was right call. It was Medell losing his head and getting sent off for swearing at the ref. Yeah. And now they both may be suspended still against Inter. Yeah. And and two important players against Inter, which, again, gives we're, – we're talking for future uh, – for, for the, the next round – gives – the uh, Inter definitely an, uh, an advantage over a Bologna team that was actually playing well uh, before losing, you know, they're probably their two best defensive players against Juventus. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll see that. I don't think they've announced the bands yet, but I'm assuming it'll be two games for each. Um, no, maybe, maybe they'll give Medell an extra game for swearing at the ref. Uh, but, uh, but I think the red card, because it was a professional foul, I think it's only one. It wasn't like a violent conduct. It was red, straight because... reds are three games, unless you. Well, but I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like a, a dangerous foul, though. I know. I'm just saying. Usually, a straight red. I mean, if you're getting a straight red, it's either for a dangerous foul or um, like conduct detrimental to the referee or something like that. So. But yeah, we'll see. They'll probably announce it later this week. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, moral of the story is that Juventus can't play with two midfielders, period. Okay, moral of the story is Vlaovic saved the point again. Maratta, I don't know, Julian, you mentioned off-air that you think it may have been going in. I don't think so. I actually think it was going just wide. And I think it was going to bounce off the post and go in, to be honest. Possibly. It looks that way. I, I agree. I don't know that it would have 100%, because it, it, maybe it hits the outside. You know what I mean? Like it, it's Yeah, yeah. It, it's not like the right bounce on that post. Um, but, it, it, yeah, it's possible, I guess. But in any case, Vlavic is there instead to, to smack it home. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, obviously a big point for them, considering, again, they had uh, another... Yeah, some teams kind of riding their tails for uh, for fourth position there. But again, we'll 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 break all that down again at a later later day. Realistically, what uh, the likelihood or or I guess the the breakdown of points are um, a little bit later on when it's more do or die made up games are played exactly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Um, Yeah. Okay. So one last point Uh, in the post match comment, Allegri said that. This was the type of game that they would have lost last season. Right. And uh, I don't know, Michael, if you remember that uh, when Allegri was announced that he would return, I did talk about those those games where mm-hmm. uh, they were down and, you know, had the opportunity to score and weren't able to score. So this is the first time in maybe about you know three months that I have actually agreed with Allegri's post-match comments. Uh, 
uh, about about they probably would have lost this game last season. And but the thing is, is that the, the, again they need another midfielder. Uh, somehow they bought they they bought forty million on Locatelli, and it's still not enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't just replace him with one or or build a midfield with one player, right? You need to have you can't have. Uh, a negative value player like Rabio and expect <laughs> <laughs> miracles, right? Um, okay. Yeah, let's move on. We'll go to Lazio hosting Torino. Uh, and that game ends 1-1 as well. So Pellegrini scores in the 56 for Torino. Uh, and then it took uh, a late strike from Immobile to um, save the, the points for them. So uh, Immobile, again, I mentioned, is the capo. He has... 25 goals and Vlavic is at 23 goals so it's it's tight but uh, again they they maintain uh, their pace right now there's still two goals separating those two players um, after this match day now this was on Saturday there was no games on Sunday of course because it was Easter weekend uh, but we had games on Monday so that uh, the first game was Napoli hosting Roma and what happened that game uh, this was an entertaining game to watch um so Napoli get the lead uh, after a uh, penalty call in their favor. Uh, I think it was Ibanez took out, I want to say, Lozano. Uh, it was kind of a – it was it was a clear PK. It was – Ibanez did kind of step on step on the, uh, on the uh, Lozano's foot. Um, and uh, I, I didn't see anything wrong with the PK. Uh, Insigne – uh, Insigne stepped up and scored the PK to make it uh, 1-1. There's a lot of jokes going around with uh, Insigne kissing the Napoli badge and even though he's already has a, a Toronto jersey uh, you know, ready to go for next season. Uh, <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of jokes going around with that, which made me laugh. Um, in the second half, so uh, Spalletti made his subs, made all five subs um, and a lot of Napoli fans were saying that he got all of them wrong. And we'll get into that is because uh, at 90th minute plus one, uh, Pellegrini is on the right side, crosses it in. Uh, Abraham lets it go. And uh, El Shawari was there to, uh, to finish it off to make it 1-1 with, uh, with only stoppage time to go. Uh, so it ends 1-1. It was, a, it was an exciting game, a very physical game. Uh, lots, of, lots of cards. The fact that there should have been Napoli fans were complaining of the fact that uh, the yellow card on Koulibaly was harsh uh, because uh, I think he did, definitely did win uh, the ball. I think it was off of Cristante, uh, who also picked up a yellow card as well. Uh, and he came off for, I think it was Mkhitaryan, who had a very good game coming on. Zaniolo, uh, to me, had a very poor game, obviously, with respect to uh, the game on Thursday uh, against uh, Boro, uh, I, I guess he he was he, he was being double marked, uh, had no you know he would he would, he would collect the ball, uh, and then he had nowhere to pass. As soon as he came off the field, which looked like he was standing at, at the end of the at the end of the game uh, in in the locker room picture, but the how he came off was uh, dangerous. I think all of us who've had knee injuries in this group would cringe and I, I know I did and he kind of twisted his knee so it looked looked pretty bad but I guess he's able to walk um, 
as soon as he came off and Al Shari came on, but it, it completely changed the game. They looked like they were actually able to put uh, string together passes, which what led to Jerome's tying goal. Uh, to me, again, I've been saying it all season. It's the Mourinho effect. That team just doesn't want to quit. And it uh, it allowed him to keep pace with Juventus for for uh, the fourth spot. Oh, uh, one more point. Uh, the I think it was the right back for uh, Napoli. He should have got sent off. I think uh, uh, Zanoli went high on. I can't remember who it was, but he went high and kind of took out a leg, uh, going like studs up. So, and that was one of the points that uh, Mourinho made in his post match uh, post match comments, and the fact that there should have been a uh, penalty for a Moret challenge on uh, on Zaniolo. I I saw it. Moret made the save, and then the follow through took out Zaniolo. So I understand why there was no call. I think it was the right call because Moret made the save. If Moret completely missed the ball, then then you can you can argue that it was a uh, that was a PK. And uh, the, Drew and I were talking after that game that mo- most likely Marino is going to get suspended for his post match comments because he essentially accused the referees of not giving him a fair chance of winning. So whenever you talk about the referees and the fact that they're not being fair, it's an automatic suspension, probably two-game suspension. He's talking about the fact that they suck. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that too, is, and the fact that uh, made him ashamed of being on the field. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that he's going to get suspended. Yeah, and, and what did, why did you say, why did he do that? Because he doesn't want to have to play into it next week. That's it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there, is it in Rome? No, it's in uh, in Milan. Okay. Therefore, like, yeah, that's probably a good reason why to get himself suspended. There you go. And I think Zaniolo was going to He's going to go to the curva. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also Zaniolo is going to be suspended for, uh, for that game regardless. But I don't think he's going to play now because he, he twisted. It looks like he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, doc. Um, poor result for Napoli, who are out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we can all agree that now it's up to Milan or Inter to win. Um, it's just it's also the same thing. You can argue about Juventus in that one-one draw, but you and I, Michael, were talking last week that after uh, after losing to Inter, then it was it was obviously done for Juventus at that point as well. It seems silly to say it, considering they're only four points back. But again, four points, five games. It's, well, it's not, not impossible. That. If but Inter win the makeup game, yeah. Well, then it's six. Then it's five points, right? It's five, yeah. But again, it's still that's still not unheard of. But again, it's still not uh, not a great hole to be in. So remember, Michael, we're talking about uh, the the two games against Fiorentina and Roma. And that would decide mm-hmm. if Napoli would be in it until the end. And back and back to back weekends again, they had trouble. And exactly, yeah. So, and I think we we now know the answer. Yeah, uh, they're not in it. There you go. Unfortunate because we would love to see we love to see a third team in the mix until the end. Wouldn't we love to see a third team in the mix till the end? Yeah, we, we would love yeah. to see. It. We'd love to see that. <laughs> Just to verify, you guys are talking about Juve being five points back of who? We're we're talking no, Napoli. We're talking about. Oh, uh, I see. You're talking yeah. about Napoli's gap. Yes. Okay. I was just confused. I thought you were talking about Juve's gap. No, no. We're talking about uh, Juve may as well be in 15th position <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Um, 
No, yeah, of course, uh, Napoli, uh, who, again, are, are only at uh, four, four to five points back. Anyways, let's talk hey, about... What, what, you wanna... No, 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 I just wanted to sum up. It was a really good game. It was an exciting, exciting game to watch. You can feel the tension, you can cut the tension with a knife. Yeah. And uh, it was a... The sexual tension? No. Uh, well, we'll post a picture later to, to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but like the tension in the sense that like it was it was aggressive like the, right. you know there's a lot of scuffles a lot of yellow cards mm-hmm. and and it's not surprising because it, it's it was a derby game so yeah it was a big game for both teams yeah uh, okay last game of the match day and that was uh, Atlanta host to Verona and again we already kind of touched on this um, but uh, Atlanta end up losing this game two to one Verona score. Um, in the 45th, Ceccarini scores. And then in the 55th minute, it's an own goal from uh, Koopa Myers, um, which, again, gives Verona a 2 nothing lead. And then Scalvini scores in the 82nd to pull one back, but it's not enough. So, again, Atalanta, with that, they, uh, they are, I think, on three losses in a row in Serie A. Uh, and they're firmly in eighth position <laughs> they are uh chris they're five points back of uh lazio so that's that's not looking great not looking great at all yeah they're gonna be uh struggling even to get a european spot now yeah no again we were talking about that before that it it was looking like again they were probably out of that race even before this game because if they yeah. won this game they're at 54 points. Uh, I mean, again, sixth is Fiorentina with 56 points. But Fiorentina also have a game in hand. Both of them do, I was going to say. They both have okay. that game. So, But still, again, now even more so, Julian, to your point, it's probably it. Yeah. It's probably, probably curtains for them. If they win, so again, they would pull them to 54. Um, I guess Roma are at 58 points, so four points there. But again, it's only five games. So yeah. I don't know. Can I tell you my wish? Uh, that Juve Fiorentina match day thirty eight comes down to that fourth spot. To be amazing. Well, uh, just want to I want to say something as well. It's seven uh, points, though, Julian. No, but they, last game, they have a game in hand. If they uh, win, it's only true, four. True. And then if Juve drop any points and somehow Fiorentina went out, she. Michael, well, you're saying that um, Atalanta uh, has lost three three straight games in, in Serie A. Yeah. Uh, they play Milan, I believe, in the last game of the season as well. Pretty sure. Uh, we play Sassuolo last. Atlanta second last. Oh, there you go. There you go. Anyway, uh, that's well. Those, are, that, those two games are d- difficult games to finish off the season. Right. So. I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a a very. Uh, a season filled with questions, more questions than answers for Atlanta. And that's, uh, that's saying the least I can <laughs> about it, about the situation. But uh, in any case, that's it for match day 33. Um, yeah. So again, uh, just to read out the table here. So uh, Milan are in first 71 points, Inter second with 69 points. Napoli are in third with 67 uh, Juve are in fourth, sixty-three. Roma in fifth with fifty-eight. Fiorentina in sixth with fifty-six, tied with Lazio at fifty-six. 
and then Atalanta at 51. Um, going down to the bottom there. So let's start with uh, maybe the sub 30 points. So again, Sampdoria in 16th with 29, Cagliari 28 and 17th, and then 18, 19 are both on 22 points. Though Venezia have a game in hand, granted. Um, and uh, Salernitana, there it is. We talked about it before, but they are at 19 points. That's the over, my friends. <laughs> who That's who the said over. under? No. I said under. Julian did. We, we need one. to go back. We need to go back to the tapes. I think. No, I said I said over under 20 points, wasn't it? Mm, no, the over under was 18. I said under 18. Yeah, the, I, I think we set the over under at 18. I said it was over. That's all I know. That's so all Paolo I know. Let let's, me down. Let's go. To, yeah, let's go to the the tapes and we'll find out. Yeah. Well, I said 20 points. I said they won't get more than 20 points. Paulo, go to the tapes. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. two. I think so. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on to the um, Coppa Italia. On Tuesday? On Tuesday. Yeah. So that has, uh, that's, that's the derby, right? Yes. Yeah. So Inter-home we got... game. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. First yeah. one, yeah, so Inter's home first game was a 0-0 draw, um, but the away goal rule is still in effect for the Copa Italia. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, so if it's a 1-1 draw, Milan advance. I think I read that uh, Zeko and Lataro are going to start. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that as well. I mean, I don't know why. I feel like they're they've proven time and time again <laughs> they just don't work. <laughs> uh, Is anybody suspended? But hey, for this? Not that I know of. No. Yeah. I, are they going to rotate? Are they going to play Parasitch again, or are they going to save him for uh, league play? I think he'll play again. I think they're going to literally play him unless he says he can't go, which I don't think will happen. I don't know. I I, I still think I think Inter are going to come away with the win. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confuse what you want with reality. Well, listen, I, I think it's going to be in the final for sure. I think I think the Fiorentina game uh, will be more challenging than what it is on paper, even though uh, Juventus have a, a goal advantage. Um, who's and yeah? Who, who's home and away for this one? Uh, I want to say Juve's home. Uh, Juve's, yeah, home because again, it was okay. it was the one nothing victory for Juve, and that was uh, yeah, this game's on Wednesday. But uh, Juve got that last minute um, own goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Venuti own goal. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I remember now. I mean, okay, that game's. I guess. Like I said, that game's not uh, guaranteed, even though they have uh, the the goal advantage. Uh, Michael, you pointed out that the Fiorentina have been playing well. Uh, I think if Juventus can hold the initial uh, Fiorentina press, uh, Chris, you mentioned that they always press for the first like thirty minutes, and then when you when you play that type of um, uh, game, always in around the sixty minute mark, they start to fall off in terms in terms of energy. Uh, so if they can weather that first part of the game, then then. Juventus have a great chance of coming out uh, with the win, but if uh, they concede early, I think um, it's I think I think Fiorentina are gonna are gonna come away with uh, with the win, but uh, it all depends on, on the first thirty minutes of the game. 
we shall see. Hmm. Okay, well, that's uh, uh, yeah. Huh? Honestly, it, I think obviously this has to be forget forget the fourth spot. Um, from Juventus, I'm looking to come away with uh, a trophy, and I understand Champions League, of course, but uh, you know, Champions League is the fourth spot is not a trophy. Uh, the Copa Italia is on 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 paper a a trophy, to, uh, a winnable trophy for them, and it gives them something to 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 look forward to at the end of the season, and not consider this season to be complete waste. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. Um, Pirlo pulled this off last year, did he not? Yes, he did. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. it did it, it did end up being a complete waste though because he was fired, but. <laughs> and he'll probably have had a better season than another group. Uh, actually, no. Um, it's possible. I think. Cause I think. I think Allegri, uh, I think had. Nine it's going to be there. very close between who had a better season. Yeah, because I think technically Allegri can still finish with eighty points. Yeah, I, I mean mathematically, sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I think from where Juve was at this time last year, I think they're within a point of each other. Yes. Yeah. But they're playing dog shit soccer. Well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you with that. Just, <laughs> but like, if they can, if, if Allegri can, can collect more points uh, and more results, then at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you're still gonna finish in fourth. Yeah. After a, a shit start, yes. Yeah, first eleven. Uh, but Paulo, but Paulo blames Ronaldo for that. <laughs> I do, I do blame Ronaldo for that. Yes, I do. Uh, for the think, record, for, for the record, I do blame that him the the, the chaos that it created, uh, and just you know that distraction for the first uh, uh, ten games, eleven games of the season, uh, is what has cost um, the club, uh, penalized the club for the for the later part of the season. I would blame Milos Krasic. What does that have to do with that? <laughs> it all goes back to him. <laughs> Somehow, some way. <laughs> anyway, going back, going back to before I respond to that asinine comment, uh, I, I think it, I think it's going to be an Inter uh, Juventus final. Inter Juventus. Final, M- yeah. Milan could be playing against friggin' <laughs> Feral Pisalpo, whoever the hell that club is in City Sheet, <laughs> and he would still not pick them to go through. Well, listen, they, they did con- concede two goals against Alessandria, so. Which is why they would lose to Feral Pisalpo. <laughs> listen, I just I don't want them to win at all. I like I said, uh, like MT is 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 worse than uh, Juventus Twitter, and just to see them, like there were few. Okay, like I want to get this off my chest. The fact that Napoli were given a PK, Roma fans who were complaining about that, that PK, it was actually Milan fans that flooded Twitter and was bitching about. Uh, a PK call for Napoli in a game that they're not even a part of. Telling you the algorithm no, is sending you Milan Twitter. So, <laughs> but it, it's true because Paulo surrounds himself with that um, 
that group. Exactly. So again, maybe maybe there is some point to Chris's claims it was, it of was, of was, rent free. It, it, what do you mean it's up. not you? It's Michael, the, it's the algorithm. There was an article. <laughs> there was an article. An article posted. Okay, that that explained. <laughs> Twitter was the one complaining about the fact that Napoli got a PK. How pathetic do you have to be complaining about a PK that you're not even a part of? You're not even your team's not even playing in that game. Pathetic. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> God. Amazing. Like I said, entry event is final. You heard it here. I'd, yeah, I'd love it. Make up for that uh, yeah, like Supercopa. A, yeah, disastrous. Maybe it'll go to 120. Yeah. Was it 120? Hopefully Alexander's on the field at that point. <laughs> Honestly, that's another player who has to leave. <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> okay. Um that's it. That's yeah. that's a show. Let's let's uh, let's finish do I, it off. Do you want to keep more rant, ranting or is no? That, well, I do enjoy it. I, honestly, <laughs> I do enjoy it. I like I like you getting flustered. But uh, why don't we finish off with uh, a city of B minute? Even though Chris already tried to get a serious chi minute in here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Paula, why don't you again give us a city of B minute? We'll close up the show. There were some very important games uh, in the thirty fifth uh, round for Serie B. Uh, Monza tied Brescia 1-1. Uh, there was a 4-4 draw between Terena and Frosinone. Uh, Pisa won 3-1 versus Como. Parma lost to Ascoli 1-0. And Benevento won uh, 4-1 versus Pordenone. So that had an impact on the uh, Serie B table. Uh, Cremonese is first with 66 points. Lecce in second with 50, 65. Monza in third with 64. Benevento in fourth with 63 tied with Pisa at 63, uh, Brescia with 62 points in sixth, Ascoli in seventh with uh, 58, and Frosinone in eighth with 55. Uh, then the relegation zone, uh, essentially Alessandria, Cosenza in 16th and 17th, most likely be the ones to uh, do the relegation playout. And the teams to be relegated are uh, Vicenza, Crotone, and Pordenone. Okay, that's the Serie B minute, and then next week we'll get into Serie uh, Lega Pro as uh, they eventually finish off their season. All right, sounds good. Okay, thanks for that. Um, anything else that we missed this episode that is important? Hmm. Like Chris, wasn't there some more can- uh, CanCon? Uh, was it uh, Richie Lorea came on? Yeah, he made his first appearance for Nottingham Forest, so it took them two months, but no, good for him. Um, trying to think. No, nothing uh, nothing too much more. I'm hearing more rumors about, uh, is it Vancouver or Montreal? Anyways, one of those cities is trying to get back in the running for hosting uh, 2026 World Cup matches. I want to say it's Vancouver. Sorry? I think it's Vancouver. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously the more games we can get in Canada, the better. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, see, the, prob- the problem with that is, uh, look, again, because Canada, they're not, we're not a, a soccer nation. So when people actually look into the economic 
the economic side of hosting games, uh, they're going to complain that it's a waste of money. I think it's like, I think the host two or three games, uh, it's going to cost over like, like $15 million or something like that. Like, uh, so uh, just these columnists write articles to put a damper on things. But uh, after what happened now, and the fact that they qualified for this World Cup, then I think it, it's only right for cities to cash, cash in on the fact that they're going to be hosting a World Cup. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Okay. Julian. Yeah, Julian. I mean, it's. I think it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be tough, right? Because you're competing with the Americans, who have literally what thirty cities, forty cities that could host. Yeah, it, it. It's that, but you know, the, the fact that that um, it, it's a it's an event that doesn't come along. Often, I, I can't even think of another opportunity to host the World Cup, to be honest with you. Um, the, I, I understand it's not worth it. It's just like how it probably wasn't worth hosting the Olympics in Vancouver at this, uh, that, you know, 12 years ago. You know, you think that was a good investment? Probably not. It never is for other host cities, but they still do it because of the prestige that it gives. Yeah. To have some sort of, you know, uh, probably a hockey watching uh, columnist that lives up in the in the apartments on, up on uh, Bay Street in Toronto, writing that type of crap. So I mean, it, make, it makes sense. You tell him, Paulo. Okay, again, I can, <laughs> this could be a whole a whole other episode. And we'll make it a whole other episode. We'll, we'll make sure that we <laughs> that we do this. Okay, um, I think that's it then. Let's uh, let's shut her down. Uh, I want to make sure that everyone follows us on our social channels. So that's at RTW Calcio on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, we've just uh, come off of a, a, a run of a couple giveaways. And again, we, we like to do that as often as we can. So make sure you are following us so you can get in on that. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't. Uh, we'll let's we'll, let's try and engage people soon. We'll we'll try and have maybe some uh, some fun interviews coming up, or uh, perhaps yeah, some more. Uh, we'll get back into the Who Am I groove. We'll, we'll do some more things here, but uh, again, make sure you're on our social so you're able to follow all that. Um, okay, I think that's it. Let's uh, let's call the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will return in a week's time. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.